When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to Holocron Histories, Star Wars Canon versus Legends. We're going to take a deep dive into the lore of the Star Wars universe. And welcome back, everyone, to Holocron History, Star Wars Canon vs. Legends. I am one of your hosts, Ben of Tamaria, and I am normally here with my other host, uh, Teacup, or Austin, but he is out on vacation this week, so he's getting some much-needed R&R. And, but I do have a special guest host with us. Oh, hi, everyone. Psych. Uh, Psych88 from the MCU lore cast is joining us again this week. Um, good to have you here again, Psych. How you doing? I am doing pretty good, and I'm happy to help out. Good. Thank you. So, as of we've been going in our theme for starships and whatnot, um, we are going to go over the CR90 Corvette this week which is also known as the Rebel Blockade Runner, which we see literally in all things in, most, in the original trilogy. Yeah. Or Rebels. Yep. But, it took me a minute to remember which one this was. Once I saw the engines, I was like, yeah. oh, this guy. Yeah, okay. once, once you like see the back of the ship or even just yeah. the front, I was like, oh, it's that one. The one we see literally every... like. Okay, so if anybody... Before we really dive into all of us stuff the cr90 is the corvette runner that princess leia is on at the very beginning of a, of a new hope but what for four darth vader boards it that's the ship that's the type of ship we're talking about and it's literally in all things star wars media it's great it really is but yeah let's let's start into it uh with the legends as i was saying the cr90 corvette commonly referred to the as the Corellian Corvette or the Rebel Blockade Runner, also known as the Aldron Cruiser, was a small multi-purpose uh, capital ship manufactured by Corellian Engineering Corporation. Um, with Corellian, um, as you might have heard on earlier episodes for the ships, Corellia literally is just a one giant shipyard planet. It's all they do is just make ships. And... If you even even play Star Wars Old Republic, you will go to Corellia and literally try to take over the planet because of the mm-hmm. shipyard. That is uh, the only purpose of that planet. It is interesting that a Corellian ship gets known as an Alderaan cruiser. True. Um, I, with that, I mean, I'm pretty sure it just comes down to like the Organos at that point. Mm. Like, okay, yeah. That the Organas sense. mainly use these ships, or like a lot of diplomats from, from Alderaan just use these ships, so they just nickname it. Hey, here, here's the Alderaan cruiser. It's like, 
but this cruiser wasn't from Alderaan. But I, I blame I, I blame uh, Princess Leia for that, or even mm. just um, uh, uh, Bale. God, mm. his name almost escaped my mind. How do I forget <laughs> his name? Um, <laughs> but the CR90 was also a wide variety of users throughout the galaxy, from pirates to corporations to galactic navies, and a known operational light from at least as early as 52 BBY, uh, to as late as 137 ABY. It possessed the same legendary ability as other CEC products, which allowed it to serve as in roles as mundane as freight hauling or high-profile diplomatic escort. Which, that last part for the diplomatic stuff, is obvious because Princess Leia and the Organas use all those ships. Yep. But that's interesting. I did not... I don't recall seeing any of these blockade runner or uh, the CR nineties during the Clone Wars all that much. Uh, I mean, yeah, it is. That is interesting. I mean, I'm we, obviously Organa uses his a lot. So mm-hmm. any, any episode that even remotely starred him somehow had his ship in there somewhere. True. Um, but other than him, yeah. Not it's me. not unless like if I don't know, I have to rewatch a lot of Clone Wars. Uh I'm I miss so much stuff in Clone Wars. But it's such a good series. Um I'm currently rewatching it with the kids. Nice. Um, yeah. And so they, they're enjoying it a lot. I imagine you probably see one when we get uh when you meet Hondo again. I I wanna say he probably had one. It wouldn't doubt uh, my mind. I mean, it wouldn't doubt me either. I think, I mean, other than his classic UFO, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not, I'm, I, maybe at some point, mm-hmm. I'm, we're only up through, um, we're only up through when Maul had just taken over the the shadows, the shadow cabal. Oh, the shadow syndicate and all that. The syndicate, yes. Okay. Yeah. That's season three, four, uh, five. Gee, oh god out of seven <laughs> okay you're almost done <laughs> yeah yeah uh so with the republic service in the last decades of the galactic republic the cr90 corvette was introduced uh and older corvette models like the cr70 were gradually being retrofitted into this version the republic cr90 corvettes served and the judicial forces and later in the republic navy when it was reinstated during the clone wars the CR90 model was reconsidered or was considered a mid-sized corvette in the time before the wars. So it did have service in the Clone Wars. I don't really remember seeing too many of them. Or no, there's one in um Phantom Menace. Aren't they on or is that a hammerhead they were they were either on a hammerhead or a CR90, one of the two. I want to say they were on a hammerhead. I think that's what I want to say at least. See, I need to rewatch this. I need to rewatch a lot of stuff. Yeah. I'm doing too much. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, so then we go to the Imperial Service. Uh, a dwarf amongst the massive Imperial class star destroyers of the Imperial Navy. Uh, the CR90 Corvettes were uh, 
relegated primarily to diplomatic and escort duty in the Galactic Empire and fleet engagements, the CR-90 corvettes were often tasked with attacking enemy starfighters or fleeing the battlefield with important cargo or intelligence. Prior to the dissolution of the Imperial Senate by Emperor Palpatine, these corvettes were used by Imperial Senators as diplomatic couriers. So, more diplomatic stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then we go to the Rebel and Fringe Service. Unlike the Imperial counterparts, Alliance uh, CR-90 Corvettes acted as frontline combat ships for the early years of the Galactic Civil War, generally being used as anti-starfighter screens. The ease of the acquire the CR-90 parts and mechanics made them a good fit for the Desperate re- uh, Rebellion, which makes sense um, with the Rebellion being as... You know, not a large scale army or military. Mm-hmm. They have to use what they can, and with the CR ninety being able, easily being able to acquire and be able to retrofit and, or even steal, which I guarantee you, majority of the ones they had in the lands were stolen. <laughs> uh, commandeered. They were yes, commandeered. <laughs> they were borrowed, <laughs> and it was given back after the war <laughs> to themselves. Right. <laughs> Um, and also it makes sense strategically because uh you need you want a smaller ship that mm-hmm. the star destroyers have a harder time oh yeah they they have nailing. a lot the cr90 has much more maneuverability than a star destroyer star destroyer takes forever just to turn around let alone like by the time it turned around the cr90 hit hyperspace by like not even like a quarter way through its turning mm-hmm Probably not even a tenth, honestly. Um, plus, with the CR-90, since the Empire actually used the CR-90s as well, they could also possibly do um, spy missions or, like, get quick in and outs without even the Empire even realizing it. Right, yeah. Good for infiltration. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it's near... Ubiquity made it popular. Ubiquity. Uh, ubiquity. God, the words. Uh, <laughs> made good. it a popular choice amongst rebels, pirates, and smugglers, earning it the nickname the Blockade Runner for its ability to slip through Imperial nets. Uh, mm-hmm. However, it proved ineffective against larger ships such as Imperial uh, uh, Imperial One Class Star Destroyer, short of suicidal ramming attacks, unless it was used in large numbers against such a vessel. One example was the space battle of uh, Kuwait. Kuwait? Yeah. I want to say that's Kuwait. Um, but not like the country. Uh, <laughs> when five corvettes cause uh, considerable damage to the Star Destroyer tyranny. And then knowing that the corvette was used by the rebellion, Imperial authorities often stopped them for inspections uh, on the flimsiest of exclusions excuses so eventually they did caught on obviously because it's kind of hard to not notice that how all the corvettes started like getting away from rebel or from the empire and like you know taking important assets from the empire kind of like would eventually cut up uh crime lord tiber zan acquired a cr90 corvette for his fleet during the corruption efforts in the galaxy, which Tiber Zan, let me see, if I recall, I think he was 
Oh yeah, he was during the updated War Republic. Okay, yeah, so he was during the Galactic Civil War. Um, I don't know too much on Tiberzan. That's another person we yeah. have to go into. Star Wars is such a massive, massive uh, galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> As Toasty from the Witcher Lorecast has stated, I'm going to be doing this podcast for the next 98 years, if not more. <laughs> Because it's just too much. <laughs> right. However, for as big as it is, we all, it, they seem to like recycle the same six worlds and. Yes, I don't know. Running into the same people. Yes. Like, and come on, guys. Somehow Coruscant always gets invaded. I, I don't understand that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then we go to the New Republic service. Uh, following the transition of uh, the Alliance into the New Republic. The CR-90 Corvettes continue to play an important role in the newly organized New Republic Defense Fleet until phased out of uh, line duty with modernization efforts like the New Class Modernization Program, which was a program to where they heavily updated a lot of their ships um, to be much of a better design since they actually now have the funds in capital to make better ships i mean it tends to happen when you take over the empire's uh stockpile (laughs) oh yeah oh yes and like with the new republic they also like we said in our um star destroyer episode um in legends not in the canon but in the legends of things the new republic actually used retrofitted uh star destroyers because why give up a good ship when you have plenty of them in your arsenal yep so now we get to the descendants of the cr90 so we have the uh sundran heart a well-known example of this significantly modified cr90 was a sundran heart a corvette modified for extreme speed with an added set of sublight engines this vessel was capable of uh, up to four times the sublight acceleration of an original cr90 that means it's super fast <laughs> in simple terms yeah. it is stupid fast probably as fast as the millennium falcon if not faster Oof. the millennium falcon is stupid fast yeah yeah it can haul then you have the c cr92a assassin class sometimes oh. around the battle of hoth the cr cr92a assassin class corvette uh, began seeing widespread use, commonly known as the modified Corvette. The Assassin class was designed specifically for combat. In its default configuration, it carried six dual turbo lasers and one warhead launcher. The Imperial Navy uh, was known to use the Assassin class in significant numbers. So this is something that the Empire used, obviously, because... The Rebel Alliance had no way of upgrading something that heavily. Mm-hmm. But yeah. <clears throat> having a blockade runner with six turbo lasers, so that's basically three on each side, and then a warhead launcher, probably either the bottom of the ship or the top, is devastating. Yeah, that would that would pick apart a lot of the you know barely held together fighters, as it were, for the mm-hmm. Rebel Alliance. Or just even just standard ships alone, you're yeah. you're gonna be not having a good time. And it has the mo- uh, mobility 
better than a uh, Star Destroyer, too. So, yeah, that's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> so then you have the uh, Corellian uh, Buccaneer. The Corellian Buccaneer was another militarized Corvette class introduced no later than 7 ABY. So this is after the Battle of Yavin. It had similar technical spe- specifications to the CR-90, but had a stock armament of 10 dual turbo lasers. One such vessel was used by the uh, Dynamic Automata company in the Pistar alignment. Hmm. So, ten turbo lasers. Not just... Feels like overkill. (laughs) Just having more than... It just gets insane. Like, why does a Corvette need to be heavily armed like this? Um, So, now we have the Night uh, Night Caller. Sometime after the Battle of Endor, the New Republic captured at least two different CR-90 refits designed to carry starfighters. The first was the Night Caller, captured by uh, Warlord... Zinge and 7ABY though it was very similar to the CR-90 in most uh, respects it was built from the ground up to serve as a small carrier the primary changes from the original CR-90 design were to enlarge the bridge section with a starfighter hold and a tractor beam projector uh, suited for much larger warships Hmm. so that's interesting and then you get the far star uh, the second known carrier refit was Farstar, originally commissioned in 52 BBY. It was refit in design, uh, refit by the order of Moth Kentor Sharn. A large docking bay was grafted into the vessel's spine, and its hyperdrive system was modified to accommodate a new hull shape. It was unclear if this modification was any way standardized or if it was custom Imperial design. Hmm. So, that's what we got in Legends of the CR-90, which is a lot of fun stuff. Um, it's pretty cool. CR-90s, like, like we said at the beginning, probably one of the most like well-known ships because of the intro of A New Hope is the first thing you see and the first thing that blows up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is. <laughs> so... It's very, very famous. Um, But yeah, uh, well, let's stop here and head to our mid-break. And then we can get back into the canon of things and go from there. Alright, now that we are in the mid-break... I just want to thank everybody listening um, on either through Twitch, YouTube, or when this hits live on Thursday um, on whatever podcasts where you get your podcasts from. Uh, this is also where I want to remind everybody we appreciate any reviews that you put through. Any five-star reviews we will read out on the show. And uh, also uh, hit us up on Spotify with those ratings. It really helps out the show a lot. Um getting us to a bigger audience and also i do want to remind everybody and thank all of our patrons uh we do have a patreon at patreon.com slash holocron histories to where we have a bunch of tiers starting all the way down to five dollars to get ad free episodes and then also a chance to get onto the show which we do every month and it's always a great time so much fun 
Just like the time when I had Toasty when we spent an hour and a half just talking about Obi-Wan. Yeah. That was a great episode. I it loved was, that episode. And and funny enough, I didn't realize what the time was until in the episode. I was like, I apologize for all that one hour and a half. <laughs> but oh yeah, it's it's so much fun. Um and then I also have an announcement to where uh, I am actually starting a new podcast uh, called Wizarding World po- uh, Lorecast, a Harry Potter podcast, uh, where I and um, my co-host Captain Chenko from the MCU Lorecast, so Sykes co-host, uh, <laughs> we are teaming up to where we're going to do a Harry Potter podcast and go into a deep dive into the, all the lore of the Harry Potter universe. Uh, our first episode, uh, our episode zero, uh, should be able, uh, should be dropping on Friday. We'll be recording that tomorrow, so it's gonna be a lot of fun. And if you hear this, it would be we would be recording it Wednesday, so it'd be up on Friday. But yeah, uh, we will be doing that weekly. There's a lot to go into. I'm super excited for it. First three episodes is going to be wild, and I was I for. I loved Harry Potter growing up. I did not realize how deep the lore has been in the last 20 years. It is ridiculous. But that is what we got for the mid-break. Um, also, follow the MC Lorecast Psych Show. It's a great Please. show. Um, <laughs> they go deep dive into the MCU lore, or even just in Marvel lore, just in general, isn't it? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. We, we cover, uh, com- the comic book adaptational part of it. Like, how well did that come to the screen? What parts were we kind of skipping? What parts really didn't age all that well? Stuff like that. Nice. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, lots of fun. Uh, and then you can also find us on Discord at the Robots Radio Discord for, uh, Wizarding World and Holocron Histories and the MCU Lorecast. <laughs> And then you can find the Holocron History Lorecast or Holocron Histories on the Cups uh, podcast and more Discord as well. And my co-host Teacup is also starting a new podcast for the Inheritance series, which is Aragon. Which, lo and behold, I did not know Aragon had a completely different name for the books. So that's cool. <laughs> so they're doing that. It's going to be a chapter by chapter read of the Inheritance saga, uh, which is super exciting. But that's what we got for the mid-break, and let's get back into the canon of things. God, I love that sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one's a good one. So, uh, as far as canon, <clears throat> we will start with the Clone Wars. So, the CR-90 line was his service during the Clone Wars. Senator Bail Organa of Alderaan owned a CR-90 Corvette called the uh, Tantive Fower, which was used to travel to Tordaria to negotiate to relieve efforts of the blockade on Ryloth. Whoa. Bail Organa owned a CR-90? What? what? No way. It's the same ship we see in A New Hope, too. What? He probably owned a fleet of them. <laughs> Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. He had a Tantive Four. What happened to the first three? <laughs> that's mm. what i want to know bail other did, family members uh <laughs> family did bail just go like hey i'm going to take this for a spin and like crash land all three of them like that that i, I want to know 
Did, did Bale have some uh, interesting 20s? I feel <laughs> right. like he did. <laughs> so uh, then we go to the early rebellion against the Galactic Empire. So after the fall of the Republic and the rise of the Empire, the Sierra 90 continued to see service within the Empire, where several such cruisers parked at the RM facility for deep dock on Belderone. Uh, additionally, Corvette would have uh, continued to be used by Bail Organa during the tenure in his Imperial Senate, which, yes, he, he did serve in the Imperial Senate. More for yes. the fact because he kind of had to or he would, you know, die. Typically. Uh. <clears throat> also to get, you know, info on the Empire as well to fight against them. Uh, so two CR-90 Corvettes were part of the Bodajef uh, Defense Force, which was immobil- uh, mobilized against the Empire when Governor Kwesi de- uh, declared the succession of the Bodajef uh, from the Empire, Commodore Thrawn was able to put a stop to them during the Metal casualties, capturing Quetzi aboard his corvette during, uh, using a tractor beam. So this is Thrawn, like, as you know, he's a Grand Moff in Rebels, I believe. Uh, Grand Moff? Yeah. Grand Moff? Yes. Yeah. I want to say he's a Grand Moff. Um, so this is Moff uh, Tharn that we see in Star Wars Rebels. This is before he became a moth. Um, this so this is kind of like helped his career get a mm. major boost. And oh yeah, the great villain we get in Star Wars Rebels. Uh, uh, such a good series. Yeah, it really was. Like I wasn't quite warmed up to it that first season. It mm. takes a season, but season After, two like, kicks off. Like season one's like good. It's like okay, get introduced characters get a nice like story going and then once season two comes around it's like oh it it just kicks everything like it just starts rolling at like season after season after season like it keeps coming and coming and coming like get vader you get thrown you get thrown again and it just like all the way up it it leads all the way up to that battle indoor well yep before well, ish. It starts. You see where we see <laughs> the Rebel Alliance become like gets initial, like initialized and everything. And the last episode will be like the end of Battle of Endor. But yeah, I don't know how we got to that point. So Bail Organa traveled to uh, in the Tanta Four with his uh, recovered R two D two and C three PO from the Rebels, who operated on Lethal. Uh, Organa's rebel movement uh, also used a number of CR-90s. So- Ahsoka Tano, under the codename Fulcrum, traveled on one when the rebels handed the Rod- uh, Rodian informant uh, Tebow from uh, over to her. So, just like I said, they they like to use the CR-90s for literally everything. And Ahsoka <laughs> yeah. used one. Yeah. Which is great. Uh, five CR-90 Corvettes served as part of the Phoenix Cell under the command of June Sato, in addition to uh, the flagship, a Pelta-class frigate called the Phoenix Home. Three of them were used to assist the rescue of Lethal uh, rebel leader Kanan Jarrus. Kanan Jarrus, God. Reading his, <laughs> like, seeing the spelling and, like, mm-hmm. hearing it, it's two different things. Kanan mm-hmm. Jarrus. Um... 
After the loss of the flagship in the Siege of La Fall, Commander Sato took one of the Corvettes Liberator as his new flagship. The Liberator had another Corvette under the callsign Transport 1, where uh, were used in an attempt to bring relief supplies to the starving people of El- uh, Abar. Which we do see that actually in an episode of Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. Um, that is, I believe, the episode where Hera comes in with a B-Wing. I think. Yes. And yes, just that sounds demolishes right. everything. And it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Transport 1 was destroyed in the first run of the Imperial Blockade and later uh, replaced by another... Uh, of the other Corvettes in the second attempt, which was successful thanks to Prototype B6, when Phoenix L was discovered to be used in hiding on Grell forces uh, led by Admiral... Oh, God. I'm uh, going to go with uh, Cassius, Cassius Constantine. Ca- Cassius Constantine led an assault <laughs> on them. I almost said Callus era, but that's not it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Prototype B6, I believe, is the B-Wing. That sounds right. I'm pretty sure. Yes, it is the B-Wing. Um, as, the liter- uh, as the Liberator tried to escape, it was captured by Constantine's tractor beam. However, the tractor beam was disabled by the ghost, which freed the Liberator and escaped. Which you can see all this in Star Wars Rebels. Mm-hmm. It's great. Um, so after Mon Mantha declared the formation of the Rebel Alliance, several CR-90s traveled with many more Rebel ships to the location on Dantooine to bring them back back planet. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, shortly after, General John Dordona took three CR-90s with his fleet to meet Phoenix Cell. The th- uh, their three CR-90s that they're based on Atolon. And preparation attack the Thai Defender Project on Lothal. And then, however, uh, Grand Isle Thrawn's forces ambushed the fleet of rebel ships. In the ensuring battle, three of the six CR-90s were destroyed. The final three fled with the remaining rebels back to Phoenix Cell's base. With Thrawn, ground forces overran the base. Liberator and one other CR-90 escaped and attempted to run Thrawn's blockade. Liberator escaped, but the other Corvette was destroyed. And as you, as I was reading, like going over all that, you can tell the Rebel Alliance really needed ships. Yeah. Yeah. Now they literally stole majority of them. Watch Star (laughs) Wars Rebels. You see a lot of them stealing. I I mean, it it is kind of their thing for like two seasons. (laughs) Yes. Especially like season one, yeah, season one and two, they're stealing literally every other episode. Yeah, or or Sabine blowing up Tie Fighters with colorful explosions, yeah. which is great. It sounds like a great drinking game. Drink when they steal something. Drink with Sabine. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> You'll be out of a bottle before you get halfway through the season. It's better than being out of the bottle by the end of an episode. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> uh, and then we get to the Galactic Civil War. A number of the years later, after the Alliance to restore the Republic stole the plans of the Death Star, Princess Lairgana traveled aboard the Tantan IV to bring the plans to Alderaan. However, her ship was intercepted by the Devastator over Tatooine. The Tantan IV attempted to escape, but a shot from the 
de uh, Star Destroyer crippled with engines, leaving it vulnerable to boarding, which is the very first scene of Star Wars A New Hope. Yep. You see all of that when Vader boards that ship. And somehow doesn't realize that's his daughter. Through the Force. Look, we're going to go with, like, creative plot armor or yes, something. we go with plot armor. It's plot armor. <laughs> uh, during the mid-rim retreat, the Rebels' Twilight Company utilized the CR-90 Thunderstrike as a transport before the demise on Solust. Uh, at one point during the war, the Rebels used the Corvette Johanna's Light, which I don't recall any of this, so I want to say this is probably the comics. Yeah. And a lot of, like the galactic civil war stuff there's a lot of stuff in the comics that we just don't see because there's yeah. a lot of comics in the galactic civil war stuff yes i i can't even i can't even tell you how much there is yeah uh numerous cr90s joined the alliance fleet near solace in preparation for an assault on the second death star the fleet arrived at the Ondor system to find it was a trap and the sharon battle several cr90s were destroyed Go figure. A lot of ships were destroyed in that battle. <laughs> yep. And then uh, many CR-90 Corvettes participated in the Battle of Jakku. Captain Lindsay. Uh, Lindsay's Corvette was heavily damaged and crashed into the surface of Jakku. Uh, several other Corvettes joined it in what would become known as the Ship Graveyard, which, if you watch Force Awakens, you see that Ship Graveyard, because that's where mm -hmm. Array is scavenging Star Destroyers and ships. Mm-hmm. And if you play Star Wars Battlefront 2, the new one, you actually, at the very end of the campaign, you actually participate in the Battle of Jakku, which is really nice. Ooh. Yeah, it's it's nice. a really cool, like, Battlefront 2 had a rocket launch, but you can't say that campaign was bad because that campaign gave a lot more info in the back end stuff. Hmm. I have to check yeah, it, it out. It's, I haven't. It's a lot of fun. Cool. So, now we get to the later history. Uh, many years after the end of the Galactic Civil War, a former Imperial uh, Senator discovered the remains of the Tent of Four lying de uh, decrepit in the hangar of the Yarma, Yarma system. Sympathetic to Leia's cause, the Senator repaired the former uh, counselor ship and returned it to her as a gift. Which I believe this is either one of the books or a comic. And there's also a lot of books. Yeah. Oh, there's a man. lot more info. Leia used the vessel as her personal flagship from the from the Resistance base on John Kloss. Given back, given the lack of barracks on the moon, most of the Resistance support crew lived and slept aboard the Tent of Four. While not on duty, it was used as a generator for the Resistance base, which is pretty nice. And then in three, 35 ABY, multiple CR-90 Corvettes, including the Tantafor, were part of the fleet assembled by Lando Calrissian to assist the Resistance during the battle against the Sith internal forces over the planet Exegol, and a few Corvettes, including the Tantafor, were destroyed in the battle. Which uh -huh. is sad. But there was a lot of cool ships in that fight scene. Yes. Um, yes, they You were. even see the ghost. The ghost is in it for one like yeah. split second, just like uh, the ghost is also shows up in Rogue One for a split second as well. Um, and then we will soon see the ghost in full action in Ahsoka, mm, which I am super yeah. excited for. 
how many Corvettes do you expect to see in uh in Andor? Which... Oh God! Um, <laughs> since that is going to be two seasons, mm-hmm. I expect at least ten. <laughs> I'm looking forward. And to that it, might be the number yeah. destroyed, not the number we see. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> that is a good question. Uh, I mean, Bail Organa, I believe, probably will make a no return. At least yes. for one episode, we we know Mon Mothra is in the series as well, so we know we will see CR nineties in this in that show. Oh and yeah, Andor does kick off here in actually next week. Mm-hmm. So next week is Andor, and did not realize that was next week. I might be making a special episode for Andor. Ooh, I will have to look into that. So. Uh, now we get to the characteristics of the CR90. So it was designed by a Corellian uh, Engineering Corporation as, dip- as a diplomatic ship. It would see use within the uh, of Annals. the Annals, thank you, <laughs> of the Galactic Republic, Imperial Senate, and later as a combat craft in both the early Rebellion and Rebel Alliance. Um. Measuring 150 meters in length, it featured two dual and four single turbo lasers. Uh, it had ability to reach a maximum speed of 950 kilometers. Uh, according to Luke Skywalker, some combat outfitted CR-90 ships could be equipped with six dual turbo lasers. Uh, capable of carrying an entire diplomatic escort. It had a passenger capacity within in the hundreds, although the ship was not built for carriers. Three zero three RZ one A wing interceptors could be attached to the docking rings, allowing a small escort, which we actually do see that in Rebels as well. So we see uh, A wings. We even see the Ghost get a dock to a CR ninety mm-hmm. as well. Now it's not. You don't want to use that, and obviously in like combat or trying to get away, because it's not going to be ending well. But <laughs> um, you could easily do that with A wings, and uh, they would also serve as a backbone to the early Rebellion Alliance. Though not particularly heavily armed, the CR nineties possessed enough forward firepower to destroy a Gonzali class uh, cruiser quite easily. And those cruisers were like, so in Star Wars Rebels, you see these small cruisers carrying about like two to four TIE fighters on the bottom of it. Uh, It was, it's those types of ships. And then now we get to the behind the scenes stuff. So the CR-90 Corvette designed was developed uh, for one originally intended for the Millennium Falcon. Uh, when that design was rejected being too reminiscent of space uh, 1999's Eagle Transporter, it was adopted to become the CR-90, and the most obvious change was replacing its cockpit area with the distinctive hammerhead bridge section. That was it. (laughs) They they didn't want to uh, be... uh, They didn't want to, uh, you know... Right. Have copyrights. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll just change the head. No yeah, we'll worries. just change the front of the ship. That's about it. Okay, cool. It's not copyright. 
Uh, in addition, the escape pods were relocated to the lower hall with laser cannons being mounted where the pods had originally been placed. This was essential because the Tantum Four had uh, to launch an escape pod while inside the Imperial class uh, Star Destroyer Devastator's Venator Hangar Bay. Say so what? So because oh, the I Star see. Destroyer had pulled it up underneath it, yeah. And they, so they needed to shoot had, it down. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Makes sense. Yep. Uh, Corvettes, uh, Corvettes have a well-known blind spot in that they cannot shoot anything behind their engines, known especially to gamers and X-Wing computer games used whenever they had to destroy on this may appear to contradict the very first scene in New Hope. The Tantive Four shoots Devastator right behind her. This may be explained in the fact that the Devastator was a much broader target and slightly above her, although the Tantive's... <laughs> Ventral cannon also uh, was also used. So I mean, yeah, you're going to get contradictories, obviously, from a you know a film that came out in the 1970s mm-hmm. to or from a film that came out in the 1970s to a game that came out in the 1990s. Yeah, oh yeah, there's going to be differences. Uh, early West End Games RPG statistics for the Corellian Corvette lists its army as a six double uh, double turbo laser turret, despite the Corvette seen in New Hope and Return of the Jedi clearly mounting only two such turrets. This was later retconned by describing the heavier armament was a optional upgrade. Uh, the CR ninety that appears in Star Wars Empire War is armed with only eight. Uh, laser cannons, although this was a simple game balance issue as the ship is placed into the anti-fighter role as the rebel counterpart to the Tartan-class patrol cruiser. Yeah, that... Yeah. It makes sense. It yeah. makes, it's game balance, game mechanics. You're going to have to change things up for that stuff. Um, especially World End... What was that? World End Games was like the first like actual like Star Wars rpg like tabletop so Mm -hmm. kind of had to do some stuff and tabletop games aren't going to always be the same with everything so in comparison the imperial class star destroyers mount only four turbo lasers instead of the six of the 60 batteries they were supposed to have while the mc80 liberty type star cruiser is similarly nerfed from 48 turbo lasers to four to match the Imperial class and strength. Okay, that's a hell of a nerf. I don't. That like... is a super nerf. That's not just a nerf. That's a super nerf. You go from what a sixty to, to four, and then you go right. from forty-eight to four. Like, yeah, woof. Yeah, I mean, I get game balance, but jeez, I'm Maybe. sure there should have been a way to be able. I mean. Granted, if you come across, you do like a star destroyer against an X wing, you get a good roll. Yeah, the X wing's demolished like five, yeah, maybe twenty times over. <laughs> even even here's four thousand damage. I have two hundred <laughs> health <laughs> and no shields. Yeah, oh my God. Uh, it always amuses me that X the, the X wings just have nothing out there. You just take a hit, you are you're dead you're done you're like in a cardboard box flying around it an x-wing or a tie fighter x well both but <laughs> this x-wing has shields though uh 
X the X Wing does have shields. Tie Fighter okay. is like you take one shot, you're dead. Like yeah, yeah, there's no shields protecting you. Like we went when uh with our Star uh Tie Fighter episode, we went over where the Tie Fighter actually has ejector seats. <laughs> but nine times out of ten, the ejector seat will not go off because you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> By the time you react. (laughs) So so, we're required by law to put them in here. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's exactly why, actually. Oh, okay. In that episode we like when we were going over that, like, the Empire has a like bare minimum like safety features in it because they were acquired by the Senate. That is the only reason. (laughs) Let alone like it's not gonna be used. (laughs) Because it won't. Uh, so early schematics of the CR-90 show a much smaller ship lengthwise than the original filming's miniature portrays. The reason is unclear, but the trend towards this uh, stunted look continued to affect it every incarnation of the ship, from role-playing deck plans to computer models for the X-Wing series. The error was propagated even into Revenge of the Sith's portrayal of the Tanta IV as a stunted ship, uh, this was retconned by Rebel Alliance Pro- Blueprints book as being a CR-70 Corvette, while the much larger, longer Tantive IV is now recognized as a definitive CR-90. Mm. Okay. So, yay for retcons. <laughs> I love um, retcons. When they're done well. <laughs> right, if they're done well. Exactly. Uh, in the Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds expansion pack clone campaigns, the player via a cheat code can get a CR-90 Corvette, then titled Rebel Blockade Runner, as a playable ship. The cheat code's name was a reference to the Tantive Four. And then the Essential Guide of Warfare mentions the Corellian Corvettes were... An important part of the Imperial support fleet, but doesn't state the Corvette model. The book says the CR-70 and the CR-90 were two of the most common models. Fair. Okay. And lastly, uh, according to the sounds of Star Wars, the sound of the Rebel, Blockade Runner, and the opening scene of the New Hope is a mixture of a slowed-down World War II AT-6 propeller-driven racing airplane and a 747 jet. Okay. Cool. So, just like in other episodes we talked, George Lucas used a lot of sounds from a World War II. Well, it was 1970, whatever. You know, that's it was only 30 years removed. I want to say it was 77, 78. Yeah, that sounds right. When A New Hope dropped, so it was a yeah. few decades after World War II ended. So, I mean... As we stated in like in the TIE Fighter, and I think we stated in the X-Wing uh, episode, um, the dogfighting of those starfighters were directly mm. pulled from World War II um, footage. Okay. From that's World War II cool. planes, air, uh, dogfights, which is really cool. But yeah, that's what we got on x-wings and lions 6441 i play squadrons on a competitive team and tell you all about the best <laughs> yeah um squadrons is great i love that game but my god does the cr90 have terrible health <laughs> it is crap on but... par with like a medical frigate <laughs> Yes. Ah. 
it is a terrible health. And of course, when you're like in an X-Wing trying to take down the Empire, good luck trying to take one of their cruisers down. It takes freaking forever. Uh, you you typically have your capital ship and then two cruisers and then the fighters. And for some reason, the Empire ones always last a lot longer than the Rebels. And it's crap. But yeah, it, it's, it's fun. It's great. Uh, I love those games. I love playing. Like, if anybody plays the, the original Star Wars Battlefronts, those games are great too. And I don't know if the CR90 shows up in the those two. I want to say at least shows up. You don't get you don't get to fly one. That that's kind of obvious, but yeah, a lot of fun. Anything else to add, Psych? Nah, I I think I'm good. I learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Um, so yeah, next week, uh, we might, uh, teacup should be back next week. Um, and then I will look into possibly doing a special episode for, uh, Ondor. Seeing as much as info I can get on him before the new series starts, uh, which is going to be awesome. Three hours, a three hour premiere. Yeah, the first three episodes out of 12. So finally, something of substance. I'm getting tired of these like six and five and eight uh, drops from Disney and stuff. Well, I think She-Hulk slated for nine. uh, I I thought it was eight. Eight or nine. I think, yeah, it's eight or nine or something like that. But yeah, Ondor is going to have 12. But we get the first quarter of the season in the first day. I mean, so, you want to hook them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You want to hook them, I guess. I mean, I, there's going to be a lot in the three hours. And Ondor is supposed to be decently dark. Yeah, dark, very much darker one. tone. Kind of like how Obi-Wan was, like, halfway through the season. was It got to a pretty darker tone. Oh, yeah, it did. Specifically with <laughs> Vader. <laughs> hey, I'm just going to yeah. go in the street and just start breaking necks left and right and then oh hey obi-wan you want to see some sheet metal on fire here you go yeah it's great yeah uh but uh yeah that Andor starts next week um we get tales of the jedi in october they did confirm that october 26 i believe we get tales of the jedi which is a six episode series it's all animated with dave filoni three episodes of young count dooku before he turned to the dark side with qui-gon back and liam neeson is voicing qui-gon again okay okay and the other three episodes is specifically ahsoka of how she became a jedi and then what happened after she after season seven Okay. because she in the trailer she meets an inquisitor and i don't think it's going to be the same inquisitor that she gets her white crystals from uh, i don't brother. think it's uh six brother six brother right uh, i don't think it's the six brother but it could be i don't know if it's going to be a retelling I mean, of it or whatnot yeah I don't, it, I don't know how i feel about a count dooku like reset not reset but just kind of like let's go back over that or something because yeah, well sometimes i mean we see, don't need it like, yeah but the thing with count dooku though we don't know his like we see him in the films obviously but that that's it. We don't in the Clone Wars. 
but we don't see how, why like how he turned to the dark side or like what really drove him to that point and and this is the like the series that we're going to get that in okay and then i mean they d23 this past weekend so they announced a bunch of stuff oh yeah um, they did <laughs> a lot of stuff um a lot of good decent enough star wars stuff and a lot of other live action stuff which i'm super mm-hmm. pumped for um but they also showed uh bad batch season two will be returning it's going to be in january instead of this fall um i think they swapped the dates for tales of the jedi honestly they probably wanted mm-hmm. that out first before bad batch and then uh they recently cast a, uh ezra bridger for the uh-huh. ahsoka series and if no one has looked it up look up um ezra for ahsoka the actor they got for ahsoka looks i'm not even joking identical to the character from rebels animation and everything like from animation to live action there is zero like i i don't know what disney did or how they got this guy but he looks identical to ezra yeah it's Uh, they they nailed same sabine physicality even Sabine looks identical to Sabine. Like, mm-hmm. and Dave Filoni even commented saying, "Expect a lot of awesome lightsaber fights." So, this is going to be the series that we're all going to want. And oh, they yeah. also dropped the trailer for Mando season three. That they did. Oh man, and Mando they, season they three were... is going to be epic. <laughs> uh, you are not the Mandalorian. <laughs> That's the okay this is a little great before we end the show yeah sorry but yes. um that is the dumbest thing oh you're no man longer a mandalorian it's like really <laughs> i have the dark saber by right i am in the ruler of mandalore i am mandalore you don't yeah. tell me what to do like what <laughs> that makes zero sense to me and she knows she he has the dark saber she knows mm-hmm. she can't tell him anything mm-hmm. and can't tell him what to do like what the heck Oh god, I I don't understand yeah. that. But apparently the armor is going to have some sort of thing in season three. Bo-Katan's back. We see mm-hmm. Grogu again. Um, I expect uh Mandalorian probably to show up in Ahsoka. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't doubt it. Um, they're liking they're they uh, from what we see in the live action stuff they're tying in all the series together kind of like how marvel does yes um yes (laughs) and marvel does it so much um but yeah it's so much a lot of good star wars news a lot of uh, good other news so yeah that's that's what we got for this episode and uh i will see everybody next week and you will see psych on the next patron chat Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Which we need to figure out what we're going to talk about. What are we going to talk about? Uh, I mean, first reactions to speculations. Andor, if you want? Oh, or... oh, that's a good que- that's a good point. We could do that reactions to Andor. There we go. Yeah, we got that would have dropped. I mean, that's a great, great comment. You know, just like, hey, we all want to talk about this thing. Like, just happened. Just like Obi Wan, <laughs> where an Obi Wan dropped, we all were like freaking out uh-huh. the entire time. Oh yeah, trying not to do spoilers, but it's kind of hard to do that when we're all super yeah. Star Wars nerds. Uh, anyway, I had to like mute that channel on the Discord. Just be like, I can't <laughs> until I see it. <laughs> that's fair. That is fair. But uh, we will see you all next time. And then may the force be with you.
Thank you for listening to Holocron Histories, Star Wars Canon versus Legends. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can also follow us on Twitter at SWHoloHistories and contact us at holocronhistories at gmail.com. Are you a fan of Elden Ring? Are you confused about the lore as pretty much everyone else? We've got you covered. Check out the Elden Archives, a lore podcast that helps to explain every little confusing detail about the lands between. Things like what exactly happened on the Night of the Black Knives, or what we really know about characters like Mikola. Just like the show you're listening to now, we're on the Robots Radio Network, so you know it'll be good. Wondering how to find the show? Easy. Either go to robotsradio.net or search Elden Archives on whatever podcatcher you're using right now. Bookmark the show for later, and we'll see you in the lands between. Again, that's The Elden Archives, a FromSoft Lorecast, available everywhere.